The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Then Jesus told his disciples, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? For the Son of Man is to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay everyone for what has been done. Truly, I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. The Gospel of the Lord. On the calendar, starting this Sunday and going to the feast day of St. Francis, in early October is a time that has been set aside across several denominations, including Catholics, Anglicans, Episcopalians, Presbyterians, Methodists, as a season of creation. It's a time to begin to reflect as a people of faith on our response to the unfolding crisis of climate and our ecosystems the well-being of all God's creatures, and our place in that world. Now, there is much that could be said by way of example of all the things that we saw just unfold this summer around the world. And many of you in your travels and in reading the news know what I mean. There are also things we could say about this being an unprecedented time in world history, that we have never experienced this kind of rapid climate change in the history of the human family. All of these things are true. But today what I want to suggest to you is the tools that we have as people of faith to begin to address the challenge in front of us are as old as the faith itself is. And that only requires a little bit of imagination of us. Our colleague today talks about God cultivating in us true religion. Now, if you were to say that phrase in Marin, you kind of know what I'm saying. True what? True what? Religion is kind of a dirty word in our part of the world, and with good reason. Because when people hear religion, they think about institutions and they think about the failures of institutions. And they think about sometimes the violence that has been 
foisted on the human family in the name of God. But true religion goes back to the root of that word, and that means to relink or rebuild or rebind, to pull back together, not just the human family and our hearts and our lives, but to pull back together all of creation into full relationship with the divine. It's a prophetic task, which may be one good way for us to think about Jeremiah today. Jeremiah, the great prophet, who like many great prophets, reaches a point in his story where he gets to the end of the rope. And he's about to throw in the towel, to use another metaphor. I love sermons, you get to mix metaphors all the time. At the end of his rope, he has a good old-fashioned kvetch with God. I've had it. And in doing so, he stands in a long-standing tradition. You can go back to the other prophets like Elijah, and you can find where they reach that point of just total kvetch. They're done, and they're having it out with God. Because Jeremiah has done what all prophets do, he has said over and over and over again the truth and what God wants from God's people, and they do not hear him, and in fact, they openly reject him. Jeremiah's story is littered with those dramatic episodes, like being thrown down into a pit and left. God reassures Jeremiah, I will be with you. Turn back to me. I will give you the strength you need to continue this mission that I have given you. I will make you a wall of fortified bronze, he says, which in Jeremiah's time was the hardest metal known. So if he were to say that to Jeremiah today, he was, I'll make you a wall of fortified steel. against this hard-headed people so that the truth will be proclaimed. Now here comes the imagination piece. What if instead of a human figure, what if we imagine that Jeremiah is the prophet of creation itself at this time? What if it is the earth prophesying to us like Jeremiah and kvetching quite clearly, that we have not heeded the call yet. The creatures of the earth being called to remain faithful to their calling. This summer, the highway at Big Sur finally reopened, and so retreatants could at last make it back to the new Camaldoli Hermitage, which is up on a mountain looking out over the Pacific. The new Camaldoli tradition, incidentally, has been around for over a thousand years. It's rooted in the Benedictine ethic of hospitality. And the monks who live up there and attend to their prayers on a daily basis and maintain facilities in 
probably some of the harshest conditions in coastal California remained faithful through multiple closures, through the pandemic, and then when the highway to their place washed out last winter, they stayed put, they kept it going, and they waited. And I arrived up there, got out of the car, and I was early, so I started to explore the area around the hermitage and the chapel came across some wild sweet peas, I think, growing there on the side of a little hill. And there was a bee, a wild honeybee, doing its work. Even allowed me to get in for a picture. It was too busy to worry about me. And I thought of the monks keeping faith. And I thought of the creatures of the earth keeping faith, continuing their work to bind together creation, that honeybee spreading the pollen so that the next generation of plants could grow. All of its sister bees doing the work so that we can have fresh fruit. Pecans cherries, all the good things that grow here in California on our plates. Even though they have been under threat for several years, and you've read about the decline in the bee colonies, largely because of the chemicals that we use in agriculture, and yet they persist. Because like Jeremiah, God has called them to persist to be that wall of fortified bronze, even as hard-headed as we are, to keep the work going. One of the accidents, if you want to call it an accident of that work, is that we get to eat. And it was astonishing to me to do a close-up of that beautiful creature made by God working through creation perfect in its form, in its short life, defining busyness for any of us, doing its work faithfully, true religion, true religion, like the monks of the new Camaldo ready to receive retreatants and help them bind their hearts and souls back together and send them back into the world to do the work that God has called them to do. Each of us has a calling, just like the monks of the new Kamaldali and just like that bee, pollinating that flower and sipping the nectar and taking it back to the hive to feed the next generation of the call. But like Jesus and Peter in today's gospel, we are confronted with temptation. <clears throat> Jesus' words to Peter today seem awfully harsh, don't they? 
Jesus calls Peter a Satan. But in the ancient language, what Jesus is actually saying is Peter is a tempter to him. And it's not because Jesus dislikes Peter. No, it's the exact opposite. It's because Jesus loves Peter, the first of his followers, the one who is always trying it out and often getting it wrong, but so what? He gets up and he tries again anyway, right? And you remember last week he got it right, probably for the first and only time. And then a few short verses later today, he gets it flat wrong. But Jesus has to speak sternly to Peter because Jesus feels that tug at his heart. When Peter telegraphs to him, you know, be the military leader we want, throw the Romans out, restore the ancient kingship of David and the glory of Israel. Be that political savior we all want. Be that man of steel we want, right? You know where the Superman story comes from, right? It's connected with that ancient messianic tradition. But Jesus has just said that his messiahship will be different from anything anyone expects. It involves self-offering, and it involves even giving up one's life so that others may live. It means a full offering of self. So all of the things that Peter probably imagines in his heart, including sitting at Jesus' right hand and being powerful with him and lording it over others, has to be set aside. But that is the great temptation, right? You could say that our climate crisis is caused by us falling into that temptation. We've tried to lord it over the earth for too long. Now the prophetic earth is clapping back at us. Look at what we're doing. So Jesus says the alternative path is in that ancient language to take up your cross and fall. That is the spiritual medicine for us in this time of climate crisis. We have to take up the cross of the world's suffering and our own suffering and our own fear and our own struggle. Rather than wallow in it or throw up our hands and say we can do nothing because it's too big and too daunting, we have to put one foot in front of the other and follow Jesus in self-offering, in true religion. We have to be faithful, like the monks at the New Camaldoli, like that honeybee, and do what God is calling us to do for each other and for the earth. And if you want to know what that is, I commend to you what Paul wrote in the letter to the Romans today. A great instruction manual on how to be Christian, even in the face of hardship. 
That's what bearing the cross means. It takes courage. It takes willingness. Yes, my sisters and brothers, and the loving God, it takes self-offering. But Jesus hints to his first followers that if we follow in that path, we will see healing. That's what salvation means. Healing of ourselves and the world around us. That is our task in this season of creation. If we take up our crosses, we put one foot in front of the other, we may find, as Jeremiah did, that God is walking with us. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.